Happy Tuesday, everyone. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend. And today is Valentine's Day. I'm sure you're all aware of that by now. But just in case it's a surprise to you, happy Valentine's Day. I hope if you are celebrating with a night out on the town that you are heading to downtown uh, and enjoying one of the many fine restaurants. And we do have some other special activities going on in Munn Park that I will share with you in just a moment. Uh, But before I give you my usual update about upcoming events, which is how I usually open each of the shows, um, I want to let you know that, give you, alert you, uh, as I might say, that this is going to be a slightly different show, a show like no other that I've done before, and that is because I don't have a guest today. So I, I am your show. But I promise that I've got some interesting things to talk to you about. So I decided in light of the recent attention to downtown with Munn Park and uh, the talk of the feedings and the permit conversations and the city commission's recent strategic planning sessions, that this would actually be a good opportunity for me to share uh, some of my conclusions uh, based on my experiences and observations as the LDDA executive director. So I'm going to talk about um, various subjects, uh, those those that I just mentioned, and if time permits, uh, I'm also going to talk about street closures and uh, open container and the sidewalk expansion, expansions, LDDA priorities, traffic, parking, all of my very favorite subjects <laughs> that um, I do, uh, I, I, I address and have issues with uh, on a daily basis. Um, that's how I'm selling Valentine's Day. So that's how I'm celebrating. So that's good for me. Um, so the show may get a little edgy and it may make you feel uncomfortable. Um, so listener discretion is advised. Just putting that out there. So again, happy Valentine's Day. Um, perhaps this will give you and your Valentine a little something to chat about over dinner tonight. Hopefully I entertain you at the very least. Um, so before I get into into the subject matter, let me tell you uh, what's coming up in downtown. So tonight we have about a dozen food and artisan vendors in Munn Park. Uh, those who have items they wanted to sell for the Valentine's night market that was canceled, uh, we are giving them an opportunity to sell some of those goods in the park from 6 to 9 tonight. So uh, some of those folks made very special, you know, Valentine cookies and other products that were specific to Valentine's Day. So we wanted to give them an opportunity to to sell their their wares. Uh, and on Friday, uh, which is uh, the 17th, February 17th, we have another 30 or so food and artisan vendors uh, in Munn Park in conjunction with Friday Night Live. So Friday Night Live is our music series in Munn Park. Uh, it begins at 6 p.m. and it's a partnership between the city and the LDDA. You may rec- uh, remember that happening last year. I think we did like 15 weeks in a row on Friday nights. Uh, many of those got rained out. So this year we decided just to concentrate one larger band once a month. So uh, February, March, and April we'll have a Friday Night Live. And you can see the dates and the, 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 the acts, the uh, musical acts that are performing at those on our website downtownlkld.com and 
so in addition to that, uh, which is new to the Friday Night Live uh, event, is that downtown is going to be a wet zone. So you can purchase to-go adult beverages from downtown bars and restaurants and enjoy them in Munn Park. You can just walk out of the business and walk down the sidewalk and head to Munn Park safely, of course, and enjoy those beverages. So uh, definitely support your local local bars and restaurants by purchasing uh, some food and beverages from them and enjoy the live music in Munn Park. Uh, Proper Wednesday is our band that's playing, and you can read all about them, again, on the website downtownlkld.com or social media downtown LKLD. And uh, just north of downtown, uh, well, in Jackson Park, there on Saturday, uh, the 18th, is the city's Black History Festival. Uh, it's from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Vendor, vendors and food trucks will be there. Uh, you can learn about that at lakelandgov.net. And then Tuesday is Tasty Tuesday. Uh, it's Fat Tuesday also. So we're having a king cake giveaway and authentic New Orleans king cake from Gambino's Bakery. So come down and enjoy Tasty Tuesday and try your hand at winning uh, an, an authentic New Orleans king cake. All right, so where to start? Uh, well, just a bit of a bit, a bit of history about me. Um, I think that would put some things into perspective when I start um, pontificating here in a moment. Uh, I've worked in some leadership role in downtown since 2003. I was executive director of the Lakeland Downtown Development. Uh, oh, no, I am. I was the executive director of the Lake, the Downtown Lakeland Partnership. That was a dues and merchant organization. Um, it no longer exists. But um, as I was also an LDDA and CRA board member. And since April of 2014, I've been the executive director of the Lakeland Downtown Development Authority. And so I guess, uh, actually, I'm celebrating 20 years of service to downtown this year. So happy me. Good for me. Uh, I am also one of the founders of First Friday, which started 19 years ago. Uh, at the same time, the LDDA started the Downtown Farmers Curb Market. So the market is also 19 years old for those who may be new to the area. Uh, this is 20-year anniversary coming up next year for next year for both of those events. Uh, my focus and objective in um, every position I've held has been to work towards a more pedestrian-friendly, active, and energized downtown with a mix of quality retail, restaurants, services, and nightlife, and now more recently, residential. So the challenge 20 years ago was that there was no monthly or weekly recurring events. Uh, we had some annual events. The Lakemere Classic Car Show began in 99. The Garden Club uh, Fall Extravaganza, I believe, is a 35-year-old event, uh, annual event. But back then, we had three restaurants who were open for dinner, and no retail was open past five. So most people did not experience downtown uh, the way they experience it today. There was little to do. Uh, we had some great retail shops back then in the early 2000s, but Lakeside Village opened, and we lost uh, some key retailers to Lakeside Village. That was, uh, that was a blow. Uh, since then, retail has come and gone, and we had some strong retail in downtown, but um, we're always looking to attract more retail and strengthen that core. So... Uh, but on the commercial side, more recently, restaurant has really been where the growth has been in the past decade with a mix of full service and fast casual. Uh, lots of places open at night now. And despite the popular belief, we do not have uh, too many bars. We actually have the same number of bars that we've had in downtown since, oh, about 15 years ago. Different bars, uh, but um, but 
about the same number. So we're not overrun with bars, despite popular belief. Um, downtown um, has become a really attractive place to live. And there's just a generational shift of folks wanting a more urban lifestyle. And now downtown is really positioned to um, provide that now. So I think I'm going to have to go to break for a moment. And when I come back, um, I'll give you a little bit more history on me. And then we'll jump right into all of my issues. So (laughs) happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Stick with me. We're back. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend. And if you're just joining the show, I have no guests today. That's right. It's just me sharing my observations and conclusions about various downtown issues all alone on Valentine's Day. We should all say, aww. Um, You can always catch portions of this show uh, that you might have missed. So if you're just joining, you can download or not necessarily download, but listen to the podcast of all the shows at WLKF.com. So as I said, I'm going to share my observations uh, and conclusions. I have a long 20-year history of daily experiences in downtown, not just being in downtown or working in downtown, but 20 years of creating ways to bring vibrancy, listening to and solving problems for businesses and customers. Uh, So when it comes to things like parking and trash and sidewalk cafes and events and safety and all kinds of things that impact sort of just the day-to-day operations and experiences of the downtown business owners, merchants, uh, property owners. So, of course, I do not know everything, I'm not claiming to know everything, but I feel confident in saying that there's probably not a single person that has the range of experience and as, as wide or as deep as I do. So I hope that at least you can respect that you may um, have some disagreements with me, but at least you can you know, understand that I, I come to these conclusions from um, a lot of personal experiences over the last uh, 20 years. So let's get into it. Um, Well, before I get into it, you might want to make a note of how you can get in touch with me because I want to make sure that everyone, if I do make someone upset with me, um, I certainly want to give them an opportunity to tell me so. You can always, I'm pretty easily Googled, I suspect, but my contact information can be found on our website at downtownlkld.com or social media at downtownlkld. So let's talk about uh, Munn Park. Um, first and foremost, I just want to say, because uh, I know that we're everyone's thinking homeless, homeless when we talk about Munn Park. Um, and homelessness is not a crime. Munn Park is our city's central park, and it's open for everyone to enjoy. So my, my feeling on, on the situation is that um, we as a society have certain standards of behavior when we are in public spaces and that those standards are higher uh, when we are together in public spaces than behaviors that maybe we engage in in private. So for example, you can sit in the privacy of your own living room in your underwear or naked for that matter, but you can't do that in Munn Park. So what I try to do is focus on trying to eliminate undesirable behaviors that create inequities in public spaces. So it doesn't matter what group or what person you are or 
uh, where you live or what status you hold in the community, if you are engaging in undesirable behaviors, then you could be creating a hostile environment and making other feel others feel uncomfortable or unsafe. So I feel like that's what I've tried to focus on. Uh, folks want to use the word homeless as sort of um, a, 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 a wide brush and, and, and paint everyone who sits in Munn Park with that brush. And, and I don't do that because, uh, again, homelessness is not a crime and it's not that state of being that we should have an issue with those of us who have uh, issues with some of the behaviors downtown. It's behaviors and not all of the folks that are in Munn Park exhibit those behaviors. And that's where I think we have to draw that uh, distinction. So, you know, those behaviors um, are, are wide ranging. Um, you know, I can just rattle off a few that are the most obvious, but, you know, public urination and defecation, bathing in the fountain, um, screaming loud profanities and engaging in fighting. Um, those are all things that, you know, if you want to do that in the privacy of your own home, that no judgment here. But in a public space, um, we have to realize that there's a certain minimum standard of behavior that we owe our fellow citizen. So focusing on the behaviors means uh, that, you know, we're not creating hostile uh, hostility towards a defined group of people or vulnerable people. Um, and as I said, we have we have many homeless who live at Lighthouse, but are not in the program, the, the Lighthouse program, for whatever reason. Um, they they are using the overnight beds and the shelter beds and they pay, you know, a nightly fee. Um, they have Social Security insurance or they have disability insurance checks, uh, but it's that amount of money is just too small to actually live on. Um so they essentially live at Lighthouse. And as overnight guests, people that are not their residents that are in their program, um, you know, they, they have to leave in the morning. They have to leave the facility each day and stay away until probably 3.30 in the afternoon. So, you know, where do they go? I mean, honestly, like wh where do we as a society expect them to go? Um, so many of them come to Munn Park and they sit on a bench and they read and they socialize and they people watch and you know, other than taking up space, which some may find annoying, they don't really cause any problems and they don't engage in any bad behaviors, the ones that I've outlined and, and others. Um, others that are in Munn Park all day are not homeless at all. They just have lots of time on their hands. Maybe they, st they also have uh, some sort of retirement check uh, and they're living within their means elsewhere and enjoy just coming down and socializing with some of the folks that that spend their time there. So um, we have a, a, a many of them who are not homeless, but still choose to come to Munn Park each day. And the other point to point out is that the, actually the panhandlers that we have in downtown, for the most part, are also not homeless. Um, <laughs> we have a core group, a little that's just this is their career. Uh, if you will, it's panhandling is 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 how they earn a living. Um, I see them in downtown, in Dixieland, in Midtown. They have places to live. Uh, they have criminal records, um, and they have no desire to improve themselves. By my accounts and my interactions with them, and what I've spoken to with LPD, who've also you know tried to get them into programs, um, they just don't have any interest in it. 
and they they don't hang out in downtown. You don't find them hanging out in Munn Park. They come at very specific times of the day and very specific days of the week uh, because they've got their system down and they are they know how to make their money. And um, you know, as I said, they're they're not interested in bettering themselves, and they've got their little script and they use it, and it works a lot of the time. Obviously, it works. They keep coming back. Um, so you know. My suggestion is don't don't give those folks money. You know, tell them that you'll donate to Talbot House or Lighthouse or some other homeless homeless coalition in, you know, in their name. Um, if you want to give, uh, then then give in a way that's going to uh, be a sustainable way to help someone rather than um, listening to, you know, it's basically a lie. And, and then giving them money and rewarding them for it. And, you know, I could go into a deep dive about these guys. I, as I said, I, I know them by name. They know me by name. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, I would say that we don't have a very good relationship. Let's just put it that way. Because I don't want them to panhandle. Uh, I don't want people to get accosted on the sidewalk and feel uncomfortable or be approached at their car. Um, so... You know, giving them money just perpetuates their destructive lifestyle. And I'm talking about these specific panhandlers. There are some people that are homeless that are panhandling. They're new to the community. And maybe they are going to buy, you know, food with that. But I'm talking about our usual suspects. And um, if you if you come downtown quite often, you probably know who they are. Um, so I want our community to take care of our vulnerable population. And I believe that Lakeland... Uh, the Lighthouse and Talbot House have successful programs, and they do good work. Um, but Lakeland has capacity issues. Uh, we are a generous community, and, you know, and I put this in quotes. Um, we're a generous community, but I quote this. Lakeland is a great place to be homeless. That's what people say. That's what people who are coming into our community from other places that are being dropped off here uh, or find themselves homeless here through some other route, that's what they're telling us. Lakeland is a great place to be homeless. Um, so we'll come back and talk about that a little bit more, and then I'll get on to uh, some other subjects. But uh, stick with me, because I think these are important topics to share. If you're listening, you know that today's very special Valentine edition of Downtown Dish is me all alone on Valentine's Day uh, sharing my thoughts and experiences uh, as the LDDA executive director for the last nine years and uh, in some leadership role in the last 20 years in downtown about various hot button issues that are happening in the news right now. Um, so I know that everyone is keeping up with uh, what's happening at City Hall and what they're talking about. And I certainly made a presentation back in November uh, asking the City Commission for uh, a community conversation. Um, we have uh, groups that are that are feeding in Munn Park and uh, and around Lakeland, just, you know, and probably around the county as well. And um, 
those groups are not coordinated. Uh, sometimes folks in Munn Park uh, get brought food three times in three hours, and then sometimes two days goes by and there's no food at all. So uh, on the days when they have a plentiful amount of food, often it gets wasted. It gets thrown in the trash because they just had a meal, uh, and it's not something that they can store. Um, they leave, they'll leave it on benches. Uh, they'll leave it in doorways, not necessarily throw it in the trash. Um, and sometimes, and this happened, oh, just a few months ago, they'll be served food that is, um, not up to, uh, a digestive standard, I should say. And, and, uh, it vacates their body rather quickly and all over Munn Park. And so the folks that serve that food do not stick around to clean that up. So that's just a tiny tip of the iceberg of the types of, um, of issues that that happen and my my plea to the city commission again was just how do we reach out to these groups and ask them to sit down with us and have a community conversation about how we can better coordinate i did not say i want them to stop feeding um whether i what what i want is irrelevant because i know that they are not going to stop and I don't necessarily don't want them. To, I don't necessarily want them to stop, but I don't think that Munn Park is the appropriate place for it. And I definitely have no problem saying that to to anyone. Um, we need to find as a community a different location for them to do that activity, and we need for the purposes of the the people that they're serving have you know places for them to sit while they eat that is tables and places to wash their hands and and things like that. But my observations and my experience is that, um, you know, this is not a coordinated effort and it causes uh, some negative externalities for those who are trying to conduct business and enjoy downtown in different ways. And so my plea was for a community conversation. Now, of course, that was met with uh, some ire, if you will. Uh, some folks got very upset and said I was a horrible person, and that very well may be true. <laughs> but uh, I, I am just not, I, I'm not interested in, um, you know, name calling and 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 trying to, you know, tell people that they're um, doing something that they shouldn't be doing per se. I think it's just important to have us all sit down uh, and have a reasonable conversation. Um, and I think if they're really interested in serving that population, that they would want to better coordinate. They would want to make sure that these folks had a place to wash their hands and a restroom to use um, and a place to sit down and have that meal. So, you know, if any of those folks are listening, I, again, I never suggested that you stop feeding. I said we needed a community conversation and better coordination, and I am hopeful that you will reach out to me. Uh, I'm happy to reach out to you as well, uh, but I think we need to sit down and have that conversation. So now at this point, if you read today's paper, you know that the city commission uh, has asked the city attorney to look into um, what other cities are doing to require some sort of permitting for that activity. Um I support that, uh, not because I'm trying to stop people from feeding per se, but because I 
want to see downtown parks, uh, downtown urban spaces treated differently than spaces in other parts of the city. Um, not all parks are created equal. Downtown has what I call urban parks, which are adjacent to pro- private property, uh, to businesses that are trying to conduct business, to restaurants that have outdoor seating. And I think that when you have an urban park like that, you have to be a little bit more mindful about the day-to-day activities that go on there. And I think a very simple um, you know, ordinance, again, goes back to that standard of behavior that we expect from each other of, you know, loud music, amplified music in the park without a permit, uh, amplified voice in the park without a permit, not trying to tell people that they can't um, have their, you know, um, First Amendment rights to speech, but I don't think you have a right to amplify it. I don't think you have a right to use an amplifier and a microphone in the middle of a city park and say whatever it is that you want to say, whether it's reciting the ABCs or, uh, you know, your political beliefs or your religious beliefs. You can say them. I don't think you have a right to amplification. And so my push to the city commission would be to, you know, revise the noise ordinance or revise the downtown park ordinances that include language just as simple as, you know, Certain types of activities you can't do because they are disruptive to the common, the peacefulness of the common good that are that could be in the park at any time, and uh, and you know no amplified music in a, in a city on a city on city property without a permit. So I think you know that's just one of those things that we can use to address. Uh, behaviors again, not any targeted behavior specifically, but or, or targeted group. Again, I don't. If I go in the middle of Mun Park and start and play this podcast really, really loud over an amplifier, I'm sure, I am certain that there are going to be people that don't want to listen to that. So I shouldn't be allowed to do that. And so I hold myself to that same uh, to that same account. So. Um, you know, the bad behaviors uh, that are existing in downtown, uh, again, don't necessarily come from homeless people. They come from a wide range of people. And it's the behaviors that I'm asking that get focused on uh, and deterred. And if that means that there has to be ordinances to help deter them or there has to be police action or there has to be um, a community conversation about where some of these activities can take place in a different location, uh, so that, you know, service is still rendered to the folks that need those services, but it's not uh, on full display uh, in the middle of the park consistently on a day-to-day basis where it really becomes, you know, uncomfortable for some other folks to use the park in the way that they would like to use the park. And so, and just for the record, downtown businesses have been very generous over the years, Uh to the vulnerable population. Businesses have provided jobs, they've provided food, uh, they've provided bathroom access. Um, And just like the Lakeland community at large, downtown businesses are generous and caring people. But we have capacity issues. And, um, you know, we have a growing 
population that is coming to Lakeland, again, because of that thing that I quoted earlier, Lakeland is a great place to be homeless. Those are the words that are coming out of some of these folks' mouths. And I'm not saying we should be mean to the homeless. That is not what I'm saying. But we can't also be the super center of services. There has to be a balance. So I really want to engage with people who want to talk about real mitigations and solutions. Um, I'm on the governance board of the Homeless Coalition, and I know that they're working on a plan. Um, but the reality is, is that, uh, you know, we could build 50 facilities just like Lighthouse and Talbot House. And I believe we would have exactly the same issues because uh, we continue to be an attractive and great place to be uh, homeless in the minds of these uh, of, of these folks. And um, and we can't solve it for the country or for the region or, or, you know, for the state, the county, the country, the region, the state. We can't be the only one working on this problem. It has to be a collaborative effort. Uh, so I challenge those of you coming to downtown uh, to feed or to minister, uh, you know, to do more um, and 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 come come ready to talk at a community conversation. All right. So. We're going to go to break one more time and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Thanks. All right. If you're still with me on this Valentine's Day, you know I'm all alone in the studio and I'm sharing all my thoughts and feelings uh, about downtown. Specifically, I've been talking about um, Munn Park and the issues surrounding Munn Park, but I'm moving on. I'm moving on. I have many more uh, things to share about that, but I didn't want to spend the entire hour talking about that, and I didn't think I would, but it looks like I almost did. So I'm going to move on. Um, another topic that is being discussed by several commissioners at the strategic planning session last week uh, is closing streets in downtown for pedestrian use only. Uh, I know that this uh, a lot of people like this idea, and um, a lot of the downtown businesses, when this first came up a few years ago, were, were against it, and some of those have, have changed their mind, and they've said, no, we, we, we think this is a, a great thing. I think we should do it tomorrow, and, um, and that's fine. Um, uh, my, my concerns about that are, are several, and, you know, they're kind of Debbie Downer in the sense that, you know, I'm the person who has to tell you all the reasons why this may not be a good idea. But it's important to talk about all the things that all the ne the, the unintended consequences, if you will, um, so that you're fully informed. I mean, I think people want to be fully informed before they make a big decision like that. So uh, the city manager cautioned the city commission not to get in the weeds about, you know, which streets to close and how to close them. He said, you know, you have professional city staff. They'll study it and determine the best path forward. This commission just really needs to give that sort of 50,000 strategic view of, of the direction that they'd like to go. And I completely agree with that. Uh, I know the commissioners don't want to get into the weeds uh, with, you know, the day-to-day -day making of the sausage, and we certainly do have – a professional staff at the city who I work very well with and have great respect for. Um, but I also want to make sure that I give my professional observations about uh, some of these issues that we really need to consider. And so for those who, you know, see these kinds of posts on Facebook and they see that commissioners make these comments and then they comment on social media about, oh, this would be great and or, oh, this would be terrible. Um, 
you know, here's some, here's some reasons why you might back those opinions up either, either way. Uh, so take South Kentucky, for example. That's one of the streets that has been proposed uh, between Lemon and Main Street. Close it down. Make it a pedestrian uh, thoroughfare. Um, and, and you know, that that's certainly something that's been then popular with several of the commissioners and even many of the businesses on that block. And my job is certainly to support and... Um, you know, share the voices of the businesses that I represent. So even if I don't fully agree with them, I'm going to make sure that I tell their side of the story um, with a lot of enthusiasm uh, as as if, you know, th- those were my beliefs as well. However, um, there are a lot of issues with that. And, you know, I think what I'm going to challenge my downtown businesses, the questions that I'm going to ask them are, you know, what what do you see happening in that space? And are you going to participate participate in creating that space? Or uh, do you expect the city to, you know, put infrastructure there in terms of tables and chairs or kiosks or, you know, what what is the vision? What do you see happening once those streets are closed? Um, I think they need to be an integral part of that conversation so that what is expected of them from the city, what uh, does what do they expect from the city? Uh, those issues need to be fully vetted, fully understood uh, before we would move forward. Um, certainly disrupting the, the, the traffic flow, the, the, the grid pattern of our streets may have some, some impact on the streets north or the, or the businesses north or the businesses south uh, if we break up the ability for cars to traverse. And again, I'm a big pedestrian-friendly kind of person, so maybe people are thinking why – she not loving this idea. She's all about, you know, get cars out of downtown. But there has to be, you know, there has to be some balance there. So, you know, who's going to manage it? Who's going to manage that space? Who's going to own uh, whatever is placed in that space? Is it going to be movable uh, in the sense of do we, you know, can it be taken out every Saturday so we can do the farmer's market and every first Friday? Or do we lose those blocks as part of those events? That's something that we need to uh, consider, and you know, what are the concerns from fire safety? What are the what's their perspective on not being able to uh, bring fire trucks down if there were some sort of emergency? But the big thing, um, two big things, I think are really important to discuss is one is open container. Uh, we have a lot of bars in that block. We have s- several bars, I should say, in that block. But state law does not allow patrons to leave the bar just because, you know. There's there's a pedestrian area out front. Um, their liquor licenses don't allow for that, and so there's some complications there with having that pedestrian friendly space, but then telling those bar patrons, oh well, you can't go out there. Um, so, and those aren't city ordinances that they can change. Those are state liquor laws. So there's going to be some you know there's going to be some consideration for that, and and how do we make that work? Um, we are not a city that's eligible for a wet zone type district because, uh, you know, they have to have navigable water nearby and Lake Mirror does not qualify. So uh, done a lot of research on this issue and I am not anti open container as a person. I did grow up in New Orleans, so <laughs> I, I've experienced open container Um but I don't necessarily, you know, one does not necessarily equal the other. And, and I have concerns about 
um, if that is the case, if we are even able to do that, uh, we're going to have to have a, a larger police presence. We're going to have to have a public works uh, that's coming in after those kinds of nights and cleaning up better. I mean, we we have to we have to have that infrastructure that's going to support those types of activities, and those cost money. And so again, those want to be paid for by the city, and they want to take on that. I'm I'm fine with it, but we have to have those conversations in advance. And the other big thing is parking. Uh, we lose about 28 spaces if we were to close down that street. And you know there are many businesses that rely on takeout as a percentage of their sales, uh, it makes it more difficult to get to them, uh, makes door dashing and Uber Eats more difficult for those folks. Sure, there are solutions. We can, we can have designated parking for those types of businesses to, to get close and quick to that, to those businesses to pick up uh, to-go orders. Certainly something that we can do. But my big thing is, is that we have to replace that public parking nearby. Um, one of my big... Um, sort of uh, complaints, if you will, is that the Mun Park, the, I'm sorry, the Main Street garage is mostly permit. Um, public can't use it during the day, uh, only after five and on weekends, and it's mostly empty. And we have to make the city decide that customer parking close to the internal uh, interior core of downtown uh, is more important than permit parking and push those permit users out further, uh, just like you would, you know, at any other uh, large company. The, the the employees don't park in the front row. I mean, the companies tell, you know, you're not going to park there. You're going to park all the way against the, you know, the back fence. We, because this is all public spaces, we don't, we don't have the ability to make uh, those businesses make those employees do that. So... Main Street Garage can be opened up to the public. Uh, we, I have a plan that, that where it can be shared uh, by public and permit. And I can't get into the, you know, the weeds of that here because I think only I've got about a minute to go. Um, but I can certainly email that to anyone who's interested. And I have already shared it uh, with, with um, Public Works officials. And so I hope that they will engage me and, and talk about that some more. So I didn't get to talk about all the things I wanted to talk about, but I hope that uh, I did talk about uh, a couple of issues that are really important um, and are, are timely in topics in the news right now. And I'm happy to engage anyone who'd like to have a conversation offline with me about any of those things. So feel free to reach out to me, uh, Julie Townsend at LDDA.org, and you can find me on our website at downtownlkld.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and happy Valentine's Day.